Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. I'm sure you get this a lot, but this isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? <laughs> Did Caesar, like, um, live here? Like, is there a phone bank <laughs> in the area? <laughs> What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Coming to you from the 702 as we continue our coverage to the, of the countdown to Mayweather McGregor on Saturday night. What Michael Smith, Jamel or? Hill. We made it through traffic and weather today to bring you <laughs> yeah. the best 60 minutes of your day. And we got uh, a great guest lineup as usual for you. Dana White, Dak Prescott, Ice Cube, and Kenyon Martin are going to fall through ahead of the Big 3 championship game, mm-hmm. which is also happening this weekend uh, in Vegas. But first things first, Jamel, what's in the A block? All right. Well, of course, we had to start with the most lit baseball game <laughs> of the year. Right. And that would be the Yankees-Tigers. Honestly, we would be wasting a lot of time to go down the number of players who were ejected in this game. But let's start with where it all began from. Uh, Take it to the bottom of the sixth inning here. Now, technically, it started when Gary Sanchez was hitting the top of the fifth after homering in the fourth. But we pick up at the lit point, which is Tommy Cayley. Well, he hits Miguel Cabrera. Cayley was then ejected alongside a very serious Joe Girardi. Right, because there was no warning when Sanchez got hit early. Exactly. Was homer in August. So we have a pitching change, and then Cabrera and Austin Romine, John shoving, not quite rough Ned Odor. Forget Maymac. <laughs> this might be the most punches that we see, uh, honestly, or landed. I'm going to need y'all to save some of that scrapping for and Saturday night. Look at my man running. <laughs> like, he running like he really was about to do something. So the bench is obviously cleared. But then I go to the bottom of the seventh. That was scary. That was very scary. Thanks very, very thanks scary moment. Yeah, thankfully he's okay. Now, but Sanchez, he's already good to tie a game. Right. You wouldn't intentionally hit him, but if you're the ump, you got no choice but to kick him out. Yeah, at that point, you, you got to do it. But top of the eighth, Tigers League 9-6. Alex Wilson drills Todd Frazier. He's also ejected. Again, so more, eight ejections. more bench clearance. Three straight. Innings with multiple ejections. Most ejections all year. Yankees win 10-2-6. All right. Now let's talk about, I guess, the big fight. So as the fight approaches Floyd Mayweather, he's been seen eating Burger King, hanging out at the strip club he owns every night, even enjoying a little top golf, which I hear is lovely. Uh, everybody already has made a lot of comparisons with this fight to the movie The Great White Hype. So, so now he's James Roper? Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it... it you, is he taking this fight seriously? Seriously okay. enough? How seriously are you taking this fight? I'm not, not taking all. it very seriously. Not at all. Most sane people are not taking it very seriously. With all due respect to, Kama, to Conor McGregor, which is a lot of not a lot of due respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, Floyd Mayweather, it's not like he is drinking or smoking, neither of which he does. Correct. I have no concerns about his focus or his fitness. He has a club. He's not just in the club. He's right. in his club handling his business. He's still getting his rest. So the idea that he is somehow setting himself up for the biggest upset in sports history, I think it's a reach. Yeah, it's a big reach. And let's just say lightning strikes, the apocalypse happened, and Conor McGregor is able to somehow win this fight. Then, no, I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want people to come back uh, and say, oh, it was because Mayweather didn't take him seriously, he wasn't focused. Well, I don't think he has to be super focused, frankly, to win this fight. And that's no disrespect to Conor McGregor. And 
people keep trying to come up with arguments and reasons why he should win the fight. Number as a, one is he believes he can do it. Right. And I'm like, but you <laughs> okay, do understand sure. that Floyd has faced 49 other people that have tried to do the same thing. Right. And they are professional boxers. Right. Well, he's professional. You can say a lot of things about Floyd Mayweather. He's but a he businessman. He, he's a he businessman that takes it seriously. He would not screw around around. with his pristine boxing record. Because he does have something to lose here. Could, could you imagine the fallout for him if he wound up losing a fight to someone who's not even a boxer? Exactly. I can't even he's imagine that happening. He's not in a by accident. He's, no. a, he's a businessman who's handling his business. I'm sure that he's going to be ready. We'll see it for ourselves tomorrow uh, at the weigh-in. Oh, two now, days. At the weigh-in. Oh, you mean at the weigh-in. We'll see okay. how fit he is at the weigh-in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Al Sal Palantonio, uh, he was granted exclusive access last night to uh, Floyd's last formal workout prior to the fight. It was at the Mayweather Boxing Club. And our Sal Palantonio joins us now. So, Sal, you heard us talking about it. You've heard the whispers about Floyd's focus or perhaps lack thereof. Take us inside Floyd Mayweather's camp. How focused is he for this fight, this farce, some would say? <laughs> to totally focused, taking it totally seriously, Michael and Jamel. Here's what I observed. I was there for two hours. The only reporter in the gym for two hours for his last formal workout in his gym. I observed three things. I want you to look at the video and take a look at this. First and foremost, the pace of this workout was ferocious. It was on the hop, on the double from start to finish, whether it was shadow boxing, whether he was hitting a big bag, whether he was doing the body work. So that's one. Two, the length of it went from almost 8 p.m. to near midnight for four hours. And then three, the commitment that I saw from Floyd Mayweather last night. Not only did he do a workout in the gym, but when he was done, he went on a 40-minute run with his protégés out on the streets of Las Vegas. So this guy is totally committed to that, this fight. I saw it last night. The most interesting part of it was we were up close and personal. My cameraman, Duncan Morgan, my producer, Brian Franey, we were right on top of it. Family and friends, this may have been, and he says this is his last fight, Michael and Jamel, this may have been his last official fight workout in his gym, and we got exclusive access to it. And I can tell you, the man was purposeful, and the man was violent in his preparation last night. Yeah, sounds like he left it all out there in what you called perhaps his last workout prior to his final fight. Sal Palantonio, way to bring it, man. Thanks so much for the knowledge. Thanks for setting it straight. All right, regardless of how seriously some people may be taking it or not, the total revenue of this fight could be $700 million. Mayweather can make $200. McGregor, maybe about $100 million. McGregor's already said he's going to KO Floyd within two rounds. That's where he is now, right? Mayweather says he's guaranteeing a stoppage. Roy McElroy, though, got a conspiracy theory. I just fear that they're, they do all this trash talking and they go behind the scenes and they're having a laugh and thinking, I can't believe we're taking all these public for a ride. I mean, we're all buying into it and they're like, can you believe these people believe this? Um, so I just hope it doesn't turn into that and I hope it's not in any way fixed. Imagine May or McGregor knocks him out in the first couple of rounds. They'd get even more for the rematch. They would, you know, the rematch would be even bigger. I just don't know what that zero on Mayweather's record is worth. You know, and that's the thing that he has to, you know, that's, that's his legacy. So, you know, if, if he he goes down and lies down for 10 seconds at some point in that, you know, is, is, is that worth making an extra few hundred million? That's sort of up to him. All right. You know what? Let me correct myself real quick. McGregor has as much of a chance of beating Floyd Mayweather as 
the Yankees do of beating the Tigers today, which they did. <laughs> I got that backwards earlier. <laughs> Tigers in six. Okay. Point being, Rory, that's a nice thought. I've actually thought about the possibility of a rematch myself. But I think I really see this for, from Floyd's perspective as a one-time score and a one-off. He has no interest in running this back. And 15 is way too priceless for him to fool around, extend this fight, take any chances with that unblemished record. Yeah, but I understand why Roy McIlroy would, would feel that way because I've entertained this fight. Maybe not a, a Floyd taking some kind of dive, um, but this fight turning into something far more competitive than most of us uh, who know even the slightest little bit about boxing expect it to be, that if it's more competitive, would that create a thirst and an appetite for another one? If he's 50-0 and 0 and it's a competitive fight, an entertaining fight, I don't see him stepping back in the ring. Why? What's the upside? Now, it's a lot of money involved. Right. Certainly a lot of money involved, but I think 15 is priceless to him. Well, the only reason why I don't think he would run it back, or for that matter, why I, I truly expect this to be his last fight, is that it just sounds like in here in Floyd Mayweather talk about the process of getting in shape and, and, and training these days. He's not as enamored with it. He doesn't like it as much as he used to when he was a hungrier fighter, frankly. And we all know when we see guys that retire, they, don't, they never fall in love out of love with the games. They love playing in the games. Training, but it's the training and the right. preparation. That's the part that's more difficult. It gets harder to do, harder to do each and every time. And Floyd knows the longer that he puts himself out there, yes, you will, you do run the risk that your age and or rust and or something else is going right. to catch up to you. But I, I do. There's a part of me also that wonders: Will the sport? Not that he would succumb to it, but will the sport itself put some pressure on him to fight a real? Fighting. Again, no. I yeah. mean, there's already talk about whether or not, I think it was uh, Rocky Marciano Jr., whether or not this should even count toward that record. It will. Which I and, think is a legitimate And they got question. a fake belt for it and everything, an expensive fake belt, but a fake belt nonetheless. I, I guess I'm just saying, like, the, we all believe that this fight will not be uh, very competitive. Right. right? It, who knows how long it goes? It shouldn't go that long, but it would have to be, it had to be like Rocky. It'd have to be a stunner of a, of a long fight, a close decision, a split decision, something to, to feed the demand for a rematch. Like, uh, the people demanded this fight. That's why they're doing it. It's a money grab. I don't think people are going to be foolish enough to demand a rematch of a fight that's not going to be that good. And well, if Floyd loses, uh, maybe he reconsiders, but I doubt it. I think he just goes away and, and takes his money. Yeah. All right, you know why fools burn jerseys? and video recorded because they know we're foolish enough to show it to you. They want attention. Well, here you go. It's gotten so bad until they burned a jersey for somebody that didn't ask to be traded. <laughs> but here we go, falling <laughs> for it and wasting time discussing it because LeBron tweeted about it. Fired off about six tweets, which, you know, keep in mind, LeBron, he's the original jersey burner once he left Cleveland. Right. So he went, on, he went in the day on Twitter saying, come on. Well, first, Jalen Brown is, you know, Isaiah Thomas' former teammate. First, he talked about how ridiculous he was. But then LeBron went on to talk about how, look, it's only a business when the team does it. But when we do it, we're traitors. You got a guy that played in Isaiah Thomas, played two days after his sister's death, did everything he could for the Celtics. He gets traded in some fool burning their jerseys, which, again, they did it for attention. And congratulations, you got it. But since LeBron tweeted about it, I guess we're contractually obligated to discuss it. So what's your take on jersey burning? Um, I think LeBron is or was projecting in those tweets yeah. because I think he was certainly hearkening back to his understandably own understandably so uh, yeah to his own experience uh, because I like to think that this was just an attention grab I know the majority of Celtics fans do not feel this even way. Even the people that burned the jersey can't be mad at Isaiah Thomas. Right. It, it, was a, it had to 
be a joke. They <laughs> right. kind of been seriously upset with him. Exactly. So I do think this is LeBron just just having a moment where he went back to what happened to him uh, when he chose to leave Cleveland. And as many of a Cavs fan had to be reminded, he was a free agent. He was, Correct. He was allowed to leave. It hurt. And some of those same people wound up wearing their burn jerseys right back uh, to the queue when LeBron right. returned the second time around. But, you know, fans, most fans, they're emotional, okay? Well, they're not the reasonable. Thing. They're not. They're emotional the about thing. their about their teams and the players that play. My New Year's resolution, teams. way back in January, was I'm going to stop arguing with idiots. I'm going to stop trying to reason with unreasonable people. Most people are not very smart. Most people are not very reasonable. And worse, they're emotional. Right. So for LeBron or anybody else to try to reason with people who not only believe that they own the team, but also own the players, and that the players owe them something when it comes time to make a decision, despite the fact that this is a guy who put who lost teeth, lost a sister, played with so much heart, and represented the Celtics franchise in such a way that it doesn't even this doesn't even dignify a conversation. We shouldn't even dignify this stupidity with the response because of course no fan would be upset with Isaiah Thomas but LeBron is looking at this as an opportunity of saying hey guys understand this is what we're talking about when we say it's a business for us just like it was a business for the Celtics the Celtics did what was best for them in moving Isaiah Thomas don't go burning our jerseys when we decide we're going to take our talents elsewhere yeah much like when they broke up that other big three with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen they made a business decision can we bring it on the court please something yes, more important so LeBron working out twice a day in LA he is in hashtag savage mode striving for greatness <laughs> Okay, he says he has no ceiling. Dave McMenamin has heard from sources that he is obsessed right now. Jamel, it stands to reason that the Cavs are better now than they were before the Kyrie trade. I am not I just short, I'm not picking just long up what term, you're putting down. I'm, I'm, I'm buying that completely. I guess my question is: Are we sure? Are we sure that the Cavs have nothing for Golden State? Because you can't go from all the pressures on Golden State to win at home in Game 5 or else you're going back to Game 6 for Cleveland like last year. Remember that? Right. Now it's, oh, they can't contend. So are we sure they got nothing for Golden State with Jay Crowder now? Are we sure that LeBron James doesn't have another gear, that he doesn't have another level, just came off a career year? Are we sure that he hasn't peaked yet? Because oh. he's saying, you know, I, I have no limits. I have no ceiling. Maybe he's right. What if he comes back better than ever is what I'm saying. I think that's entirely possible. That is to imagine. Well, part of the whole reason why the, the Cavs spent a portion of this, sum, this summer uh, in anxiety mode is because they know that LeBron, this just in, he doesn't like to lose. Most great players don't. Uh, I told you he wouldn't take that finals no, loss lane down. No, he would not. Now, I thought they blew up the team differently. I didn't know it would end up <laughs> right. this way. But they're better, and I think he's hell-bent on being better. Because Just because most of us are resigned to the Warriors running through the league for years to come doesn't mean he is. No, and, and, and he shouldn't be. I wouldn't expect him to, to think any other way. But I think the, the other part of it, and this is what makes LeBron a great leader, is he's never going to demand of everybody else something he doesn't do himself. No doubt. And these workout videos that he's posting, his positive messages that he puts out here, his hashtag strive for greatness, that's all a part of that. This is how he is built and how he's constructed, so I expect no less. Now, that being said, I think I do think that the team is more they're, – they're, they're a better matchup for yeah. Golden State this time around. Mainly because of Crowder. They're still going to lose <laughs> to them, I believe, if they face each other in the finals. Yeah. But – you know, it's not. I it hear the gap a little bit. A little, a little bit. Yeah. It's, I, I guess what I'm saying to you is, look, who knows what happens in Game Four? But they blew Game Three at home, won Game Four. Right. 
They lost when LeBron went to the bench. Their bench is better. Yes. The defense is better with Crowder. Yeah, Obviously, it, it, point guard is still correct. an issue defensive, but the defense is better with Crowder. But just in the grand scheme of things, and many have pointed this out, but the Cavs nailed this trade in getting short-term and long-term help. We went from Chauncey Billups saying he didn't like the job because of their long-term prospects post-LeBron. They now have that with that Nets pick. Okay? Right. LeBron has more incentive to stay now because, okay, we could either get a player with this pick or we can draft a good young player, and he's probably got more trust in Kobe Altman, who, again, nailed this as rookie GM. So I go back to my recurring question of are we sure? Are we so sure he's got one foot out the door? Because how can one be obsessed with getting better and knocking off Golden State and continuing to add to your legacy and be thinking about your future in L.A. at the same time? Right. So all those people talking about, oh, LeBron's gone or he's in L.A. or this is last year. Well, I think that was, easier to, say, that was easier to say before this trade No, but even made. when you watch those videos, he's not working like somebody who's trying to get better for the Lakers. But he, I, he's trying to get better now. He's worried about now. But he'd never cheat the game and he never cheat himself. So exactly. I, I, even if so they I had believe made that he has trade, not made a decision I would yet beyond this year. And I think this trade solidified Cleveland's chances in retaining him after this year. All right. Hey, so Marlins beat the Phillies 9-8 earlier. John Carlos Sanders. So the Marlins got 36 games left. He's got 47 homers after today. That ties the most by any player in the last four seasons. Did I mention they got 36 games left? And on pace to hit 60. What's the record to you? Uh, the real record? Barry Bonds. It's Bonds. It's All right, Bonds. meanwhile, JT Ruimuto. Rule Muto in his second career inside the park home run. First catching it inside the home or inside the park home run since he did it back in September 2015. So a couple of ballers going hard to paint again, 9-8 over the Phillies. Alright, so I know everybody has their sights set on the big fight on Saturday night, but if you want a great sort of appetizer, a great pre-game meal, a pre-fight meal. You need to check out the Big Three Championship. There's the trophy right there. Ice Cube League that has been really entertaining all season. You still like hard fouls. You still like playoff like basketball. Definitely watch the Big Three. But the title is Saturday, and we have joining us now Kenyon Martin, who's playing in the title game, and Ice Cube creator, founder. What don't you do? You have about a 1,000 different jobs. So, okay. Kenyon, <laughs> let me start with you real quick. What does it mean to you to be playing in the championship in the inception year of the Big Three? Oh, it's great. Um, it's an honor to be a part of it, first and foremost. Um, but for Cube to believe in my ability still and um, approach me and ask me to play in this thing was great. Um, our team, I'm saying, we've been resilient all season, so we're here. Um, so we're looking to bring that trophy that you just saw. All right. I'm saying we're looking to bring that thing home. Anything is possible. Did you see it? It's a nice trophy. Yeah. Don't oh, spare yeah. no expense on that trophy. Without a doubt. You know, you can't spare no expense when you got, you know, first-round draft picks. I mean, first picks. Yeah, right. <laughs> Overall. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, and, and Hall of Famers and guys who, you know, put their confidence in the big three and our vision. Uh, you got to reward them with something uh, that they really want. So let's take your expectations and your vision and now what's happened how would you compare them is it everything you imagined it would be going into this oh yeah you know i think you know we're exactly where i believe we would be at this point you know and what's great is you know it's 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 only up from here which is which is cool because you know we have a lot of uh, uh people that want to join the league uh, a lot of names you know so uh, Care to share? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's really all about the players we have this year. Right. It's about trilogy. It's about the three-headed monsters going for for the championship, and uh, you know I'm proud. So you know what the next step is now, right? What's the next step? You got to have a lit off season. Yep. 
Oh, you gotta have drama. That's right. You gotta have people demanding trades. I'm pretty sure we have some of that going on. Like who's gonna be y'all Kyrie? Who's gonna get out of the shadow? Who's gonna get out from the shadow? Hopefully not yet. Yeah, no drama. I wish we. I wish the big three no drama. But you know, I do. You know, hope we we're able to make some big announcements of you know big signings. So you know, that's what you know. We we're gonna put on our recruiting hats and uh, go and try to make sure that, you know, the competition is, is even better next year. Kenya, what you think about the trade? Uh, you got to respect it. Um, so you got to respect it for pulling the trigger, uh, first and foremost. Um, and you got to – so Cleveland had to get something back. They just couldn't let him go for anything. So They uh, made out like gangbusters. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, they did. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you got hey, to tilt your hat to him. Um, I just think it was a mistake for Kyrie to, from the beginning wanting to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But – you got to respect the man's wishes. I'm saying they did. So you wish him nothing but the best moving forward. He's lucky he landed in a good spot. They could have sent him anywhere. Oh, yeah. They sent him to a contender, but it's still Cleveland in the East, you right? What do you mean a good spot? What are you saying the Celtics is, is something good about that? Oh, <laughs> I, I forgot who I'm forgot talking to. We, we talking to. I'm Mr. Talking. Laker fan. A contending team. Okay. <laughs> How's that? How's that? Uh, you know, I wish all the best for the man. I'm a fan. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he's doing in a new uniform with a new team. Um, and you know we'll see. That's that's uh, that's what's great about um, free agency, so to speak. For fans, you do get to see yeah. players in a new jersey. It's like you're playing a damn video game. Right. So, uh, but we'll see what he can do. Now, for you, seeing how uh, Cleveland was able to get what they got as a Laker fan, been a lot of rumors about LeBron going to the Lakers. How do you feel about your chances, given how Cleveland just improved their team both now and in the future? You know, we got Magic Johnson in the front office. Jenny Buss is running the show. Um, we have great chances to land somebody like that. You know, I think players will want to come play for the Lakers, of course. Magic Johnson is a great personality to uh, to, to, to reel him on in. Yeah. And uh, so I think I think it'll be good. All right, so real quick before we let y'all go, who you got in the fight? Do I need to ask you that you question? You want the politically correct answer? You want my... My heart, I, I know Floyd go win. Yeah. Okay. But I'm a bet with McGregor just in case. Well, yeah, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Just in he case. Gets more bets, but not just in case. Be a part of a bet for a bet. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Floyd all day. Floyd all day. Yeah. All right. We appreciate y'all, man. Good luck in the championship game. Appreciate it. Congratulations on a great season. Back here on the 6th at Caesars Palace, UFC President Dana White is with us now. Dana, we talked about the fight earlier. Full disclosure, we think Conor has no chance. Yep. But most people are like that. Yep. I read a story in the New York Times earlier that the Association of Ringside Positions, they don't believe that this fight should happen at all. They're concerned about safety, it sounds like. Why don't you believe that Conor is overmatched <laughs> against Floyd Mayweather? Well, it's one thing if he's overmatched. You know, that we don't know until Saturday. Um, But at the end of the day, for for him not to compete in a fight, he's been fighting his whole life. He's a professional fighter. He's he's a four-time world champion. Two two belts in the UFC and two in another organization that he was in before us. you know, uh, if you're taking a guy that, that's never fought before, never never held a title, th- th- then maybe, you know. But we're going to find out. We're going to find out if, 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 if on Saturday. It's one of the beautiful things. I love all this, though. This is all good stuff because right. without this, we don't have the biggest upset in the history of sports without all this. <laughs> Got to build up, right? I love the uh, <laughs> I love the back and forth. And, and, and any time that there's a fight, between two guys, especially when you have the best, two of the best in the world, these are the kind of things that spur interest and, and, and people talk about. Um, Conor McGregor says, 
believe me when I tell you, I will knock this guy out, and and uh, I'll do it within four rounds. And and we're down to two. We're down to two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Conor McGregor has never not done what he said he would do in fights that people believed that uh, not only would he not win, that he would definitely not knock out his opponent, and and he's done it one, one time in 13 seconds. Right. Um, now, you already went through the experience of having one of the biggest stars in your sport in Ronda Rousey suffer a loss to Holly Holm. She was never quite the same after that, and I think it's fair to say it probably hurt the sport a little bit, right? Okay. Well, okay, I'll give you a chance to respond, but just hear me out. Um, if Connor does lose, and let's say he does lose badly, would you look at this as a regret? Is there a downside for UFC by him kind of exposing himself and being one, being your biggest name in the sport? People win and lose in all sports, and especially fighting. And, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey was very dominant for a long time, and then... You know, she met somebody who, who was better and beat her. Um, it, it happens. It happens in all sports. It's like on Saturday, if Conor McGregor knocks Floyd Mayweather out, it's not the demise of boxing. It's not the end of boxing. It's it, it's it's a, it's a almost 41 year old guy who went in against a 29 year old, bigger, stronger, younger, harder puncher. It, it just it's it's fighting. It's 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 what happens. Have you spoken to John Jones sticking to MMA now uh, since the report surfaced about his second field? I, I haven't spoke to John Jones since UFC 200. We've seen each other and we've we you know we've said hi and whatnot, but no, we haven't really talked. What kind of decision? Have you made any decisions? Are you close to making any decisions as it relates to him? Well, he is now going to have to go through the process. You know, it's the USADA and the California State Athletic Commission yep. that will now hand down whatever penalty he's going to get. Yeah. Were yeah. you I- focused on the on the? Task at hand. Oh, I'm focused, man. Yeah, people already you. talking about a rematch. Well, so. well, let, well, let me tell you this. Usually in the UFC, it's my guy versus my guy. Right. This is my guy versus their guy. So I'm, I have a different kind of feeling. Is this I more fun? Normally have fight week. This is more I, fun. I don't know yet. I'll, I'll tell you that on Saturday. I, I, I'm nervous and, and excited, and you know, I have a completely different type of energy for this fight. Now you've been there for these press conferences. I couldn't help but notice uh, at the one that they had yesterday, they both seem kind of subdued. Yeah. They, they both seem real calm. What do you make of that? We went to we went on this big world tour where right. they called every name in the book you, yeah. know, you can possibly yeah. call a human being. Uh, you know, uh, then they go in, they train for the fight. Now's the calm before the storm. They're, they're ready. They're ready to fight. Okay. All right, man. Well, we're ready for it. We appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of the weekend and good luck. And you, you can tell us that you told us so. Thank you. That's right. I will. You know, yeah. I'll be the first one to say it. All right. Thank you. And joining us now here on The Sick, Dak Prescott, brought to you courtesy of NFL Direct TV Sunday Ticket. Dak, you guys have a pretty interesting preseason game this weekend against the Raiders. What are you hoping to accomplish? What are you hoping to get out of that game for yourself personally? Uh, yeah, I mean, just to get in a uh, good groove, get in the rhythm. Uh, plan, uh, plan on playing, obviously, the most that I've played uh, in this preseason. Hopefully, at least get a half in and maybe a little bit more. Uh, but just to get in rhythm uh, with the receivers, uh, with the protection, make sure we're all communicating and, and on the same page. Uh, so we've got some momentum uh, heading into week one. Well, I think for you, you mean maintain a good rhythm because you've been on fire for whatever it's worth in preseason, looking really good so far, particularly when it comes to throwing the deep ball. Your offensive coordinator, Scott Linehan, talked about how much better you've gotten at that. What did you do in particular this offseason to get better at throwing the deep ball? 
Uh, yeah, just worked on that. Um, I think the deep ball is something that, that comes with the chemistry of your receiver. Uh, you kind of have to get to know his speed, uh, get to know how much air you can put under a ball for him to run under it. Uh, and it's allowed me to do that with Terrence Williams and Des Bryant and Cole Beasley and all of our other great receivers. So uh, it's just con about continuously working on that. Well, obviously, you're in a different position this year, getting all the starters reps as opposed to being a backup this time last year. You came in stronger. You came in faster, better command of the offense. And yet, speaking of chemistry with receivers, you said yourself that Des Bryant, in your opinion, is the most improved player from last year to this year. Why? Uh, he's, he's healthy. Um, I don't know how healthy he was uh, when I got here last year, but uh, what I've seen from him, um, this year to now, it's completely different. Uh, he's, he's always ready to go. He's, he's one of the probably the fastest looking guys out there right now. And he, everyone knows he's a freak of, freak of an athlete. So just to be able to throw him that, those balls and just continue to work on our chemistry, uh, it's been fun. And I just see a different, healthy Des Bryant. Yeah, you, you talked about what you want to get out of this game with the Raiders. Um, one of those things I think the rest of us will get to see is the Cowboys team. I think we saw much of last season since Ezekiel Elliott is expected to get some reps. What are you hoping uh, to see from Zeke, or, or what will that do for your offense to have him getting some reps, even though he faces or will be suspended for six games? What can you guys learn uh, from what you'll do with him in the lineup against the Raiders? Uh, yeah, I hope everyone just gets uh... – Gets to see what we've been seeing at training camp. Um, he's, he looks amazing, uh, as, he, as he always does. Uh, he's faster. Uh, he's better. Um, and so just to, to get out there and get that offense going with Zeke, knowing that we'll, we'll probably miss him for a couple of games, uh, will be important for all of us uh, just to make sure he's in there uh, with that chemistry that I was talking about and getting in that groove and getting in that rhythm and him with the communication and protections of the offensive line is important as well. You say he's faster? He is. I think so. I mean... He's taking care of his body this offseason, uh, and he's done a good job of just coming in, and he's, he's hitting the holes, and when he gets a lane at practice, uh, he's out of there. Even though Zeke uh, is appealing his six-game suspension, um, give us an idea of what he's been like in camp after that suspension was headed down. What's his attitude and demeanor been like? Uh, it's been good. Uh, I mean, I think he understands. Uh, well, I know he understands the situation and what's happened, um, and he's just... Uh, doing, doing the best he can with, uh, with what he's got, and he's definitely moving, moving forward, being positive, um, and so he's, he's, been, he's been good. Now, what kind of personal conversations that have you had with Zeke about his situation? Uh, I mean, I've had a few, but they're personal for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, no. I walked right into that one. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was kind of a uh, – that was a little out route for him. Uh, he hit that right on target. But, uh, yeah. but no, listen, obviously you have all the, the confidence in the world and Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris and, and Rod Smith and your offensive line. And I know you just want to win games. It's just about the result for you. You're not right. trying to do too much. But that said, just as a competitor, how much of you uh, is embracing the challenge – of carrying more of the offensive load, really stepping up with Zeke's absence if he is, in fact, suspended for that first six? Uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, it's just being a competitor. Uh, I know not only me, but the receivers and, and those running backs as well. Um, it's, it's being a competitor of knowing um, whatever opportunity I've given, if it means throw the ball more, uh, I'm happy to do that. Uh, so just taking whatever the coach has given me and making the most out of it. Scary thought. Best rookie season by a quarterback in NFL history, and you might have come back better. Dak Prescott here for DirecTV NFL Sunday Ticket. Thanks for joining the six, man. Yep, thank you for having me on. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, after more than a thousand people. I showed up for the Colin Kaepernick rally outside the NFL offices. Kaepernick tweeted today thanking all the people for their support. My faith always has been and always will be in the power of the people, he said. Now, also today, LaShawn McCoy, he offered his thoughts on why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. It's a lot more than just he's not, he's not on the team because of he doesn't want to stand for national. That may have something to do with it, but I think also has a lot to do with his, his play. You know, I don't, I'm sure a lot of teams will want him as a starting quarterback. You know? That chaos that comes along with it. I mean, it's a lot. There's certain players that can be on the team with a big distractions, you know, and there's other players that are not good enough for his work. I think his situation is not good enough that, to have him on the team with all the, the attention that comes along with it. I think Shady is saying exactly what we know NFL owners to be saying, which is Colin Kaepernick may be good, better than okay. He may be good. He may be better than most backups and a hell of a, lot, a few starters, mm -hmm. but is he good enough to sign given the way the fan bases would react? Despite the fact that the whole distraction thing should be out the window. I hate when they use that word. Why do we speak on behalf of players? Because clearly the players can handle the discussions and the demonstrations when it comes to the national. Yeah, it, it does. And in some ways, I think, I think it's interesting that the people who are against, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick, who um, are somehow. Uh, offended by his protest that their concerns outweigh what we saw outside of New, uh, New York, right? And yeah. I don't know what the split is in this right. country, okay? They're, they're okay with angering those people we saw demonstrating, right. but, but not know, the people. Because I could have sworn those were probably yeah. paying customers right. outside of the NFL offices, right. okay? Right. And there are a lot of people, a lot of veterans, much as we pointed out, a lot of police, which we saw also rally in New York in support of Colin Kaepernick. A lot of people believe in the cause uh, that he has taken up. I also wonder, too, as we We've seen in a lot of cases. If you get Colin Kaepernick on a roster, and let's just say he has an opportunity to compete, or for that matter, has to start because of injury or whatever situation, if he's good, doesn't that make a lot of this go away? If he's a capable quarterback, doesn't that just eliminate a lot of this? Typically, anyway? it does when it comes to the quote unquote distractions. Right. Usually, when you start winning, it heals everything. Here's my thing, and I've said this a million times. It's not that he's not on a roster. It's the lack of interest that's most alarming. Right. Not even meetings, workouts, phone calls, some kind of negotiations that fell through. That that's that You can't even justify that. You could say, oh, he doesn't fit our system, or we tried to negotiate a deal, couldn't have an agreement. But to not even have interest in him is why, why teams are continuing to tell him themselves. And for me, I don't know that there's any writing this wrong. Because we're past the point of this being a legitimate signing. If somebody signed it now, it will be because of PR pressure right. and to quiet people like us up. And, I and that's not NFL what it should be about. Do that. But that's not what it should be about. No. Well, nobody wants a handout or a sympathy mm. signing. It should be about him It should be about, job. oh, he's better than Scott Tolzien. He's better than Blake Bortles and, and Chad Henney. That's yeah. what it should be about. So we're at the point now where they'd be doing it for all the wrong reasons. But I tell you what, if he is done playing like we both believe he is, he's in the Smithsonian. That's more important and more significant than the NFL Hall of Fame. Right. And about $800,000, excuse me, he's donated already. He's put his money where his mouth was. And so his legacy is secure. 15, 20 years from now, when a full documentary is done on this guy, a lot of people are going to be really embarrassed about some of the things that they said. So, Mike, I guess today must be the day that people in Detroit and from Detroit just do too much, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, starting in Detroit where everybody and their mama got ejected. <laughs> including two managers. Including two managers uh, in this Yankees-Tigers game. Eight ejections, most in a game this season. Yeah, it was... 
it was crazy because just when you thought you were only going to see once, once the, the, the bench was cleared just once. Right. Then they did it two more times. It was multiple. It was uh, multiple ejections right. for I think three straight innings. Correct. Yes. And then you had um, Verlander Martinez going at it in the dugout, look like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so way too much happened today. No, more important, the Yankees three games up for their first wild card in the American League. Meanwhile, the AAA affiliate of the Red Sox, the Pawtucket Red Sox, Kyrie Irving night tonight. Fans wearing green or Celtics gear getting free. Any fan by the name of LeBron, Draymond, Steph, Lonzo, or Kevin Love or Durant. Charge double the price of admission, and most. there's a dunk tank outside the stadium <laughs> with somebody wearing a Cavs jersey. That's a brilliant promotion. Paul Tucker Red Sox did a really good job. It, it, that just shows how it, it's so funny. Look, you go from this guy playing on one of your rivals, night right? one of, not yeah, one of you, yeah, and so now it gets a night. Sure. And it'll be many a Kyrie and, Irving night. Oh man, this he's is, gonna be great in that scheme with those sets on the bread. Yeah, season. this will be pretty interesting. All right, uh, comedian. This is close to your heart. Comedian uh, Nick Swartzen. He has a, he's drafted Olivia Munn. For the Vikings, and the Vikings, they replied saying, there's always a seat open at our stadium. Olivia Munn. Why is that near dear to my heart? Because the comedian part? No, Olivia Munn. Oh, I know yeah. that you enjoy her work. Her yes. fine actress. Yes. Uh, former girlfriend of Aaron Rodgers. I'm aware. Excellent troll move. It she is. should know. I think she should. Yeah, that would be should. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should bring back the newsroom. <laughs> and X-Men Apocalypse, just, the boy I watch it, just because of her. She said <laughs> three words in that whole It's okay. It's movie. okay. It's okay. She stole it. She stole it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kobe Bryant has specific challenges for athletes on social media. Challenge IT to make the All-NBA First Team. Challenge Kendrick Lamar's record label to revolutionize the music program at Centennial High School. Also challenge Richard Sherman to break the Seahawks' interception record. Wow, happy belated 39th birthday and happy Kobe Day. Yeah, and uh, there were people, they got in on it, and they started to want the challenge, want a challenge from Kobe. Because there was a call for questions. Right. right. And, I think we have what it sounds like when you call this 800 number for questions. You reach Kobe. I'm taking all questions about Mamba mentality, leave them at the beat, put your name and handle. Let's see if you have what it takes. Alrighty. This is retirement. Clever. This is retired Kobe. Taking calls from fans and retire both numbers if they do that, right? Both Lakers numbers? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. think that's what they're gonna do. Okay. Um, Alright. Number one. I know you've been waiting on this, Mike. No, I haven't actually. Yeah. It's with a heavy heart that I, I do this. So Dan Bryan said he wasn't going to Blaze Pizza anymore because the waitress liked the Cowboys. And my co-host decided to tweet oh, out a sarcastic the, She hates the Cowboys. She hates the Cowboys. Right. Whatever. Okay. It was a joke. He was joking. There were crying emojis. LOL. Jamel Hill, though, <laughs> decided that she's going to send out a tweet saying that he'll stand for this but won't kneel for the anthem or whatever it is you tweeted. There's started tweeting. All the Cowboys Nation started riding for Dez. Dez got asked about it by the local media today. Jamel, I'm going to quote Steve Rogers in Civil War to Captain America. The people that usually shoot at you wind up shooting at me. <laughs> I just wish you let a fish... I, I'm sorry. I'm Jamel, sorry. I wish you let a fish swim by just once. Did you have to? I did. Did you have to? I didn't. It was God. totally unnecessary. I don't take back what I said. Of course you don't. <laughs> it was totally... No, Joke. but I actually was joking, but it was one of those, as I tweeted to Dez, rooted in truth. Rooted in truth. Were you joking? I was joking, but it was rooted in truth. You could have put an LOL or something. I should have. I should have. That's why they need a, a sarcasm font on Twitter. My bad. Bring, me in. Bring me in your trauma. <laughs> All right, before we call it a day, Jamel, tell the people we had a good day. Uh, it's a good day for a pregnant woman that Neil Smith, the Hall of Famer, former Kansas City Chief. Massive flooding going on in Missouri right now. He helped a woman that was nine months pregnant who was trapped in her car. Just a great, heroic...
character act by Neil Smith, and I'm sure this woman is ex ex eternally grateful for his help. Well, a former McDonald 35, Ron Eagle from mm. New Orleans. So shout out to Neil Smith. Uh, always a good day if you're Alex Rodriguez because you are with Jayla. Sorry, it's a gratuitous. <laughs> So that's just that is relationship get that in there. and workout. Gary, whatever Gary Sanchez got from them is working. 11 home runs in August. Yankees wow, lose, though, <laughs> 10 to 6. See how I brought that full circle? Thank you, We're running this back tomorrow. Thanks, Caesars Palace. Where's the phone bank? <laughs>